Windsor are creative for helping make the Mountain Climbers podcast possible. Visit www.windsorcreative.org.nz to discover more about Windsor Creative. That's www.windsorcreative.org.nz. This week on the Mountain Climbers podcast, my conversation with internationally recognised real estate mogul and business consultant Hayden Duncan continues. You do start to have a considerable amount of self-doubt. What has been the greatest sacrifice? Yeah, really, yeah. you've had yeah. you've had those thoughts. What do you think is the greatest lesson that your parents taught you? <laughs> I learn about how to get through tough times and the moment that changed the trajectory of Hayden's life. We borrowed slash stole his boat. How big was this boat? Just under 50 feet and it was worth a lot of money. I was shocked he was willing to share this much. Coming up on the Mountain Climbers podcast next. I have got a final question on on leadership here. Um, To achieve what you have achieved over your lifetime, I'm sure there's been quite the amount of sacrifice that's had to go on. What has been the greatest sacrifice for you to achieve what you've achieved? Uh, I think... uh... For me uh, personally, the, the biggest sacrifice is I've got uh, three daughters and a beautiful wife, and um, and obviously don't, I love them dearly. And that, and that's I think I, I do try and remain focused on why we actually work. Right, work mm. isn't just for the challenge and for the for the winning. It's actually to you know create a lifestyle and a and a future for for our family and for my kids and my wife. And and uh, so you know that that. I try to keep at the centre of everything, but as a competitive person, I also like winning in business, and I love the competition. I actually love competing as much as I love winning. So, um, mm. I think the big challenge is, you know, when you think about sacrifice, it's probably not me that's made the mass- most significant sacrifice in in my career, um, or the biggest challenge. It's probably my wife and my kids that have that have um, probably borne the brunt of that. And mm. how do you still make time for them? Well, that depends on whether you ask me or you ask my wife, because <laughs> I think um, I, I think I do it reasonably well. Well, um, more so today than I, I did. I think that's one of those things when you talk about mindset, skill set, and tools. I think um, you know making time and, and prioritising things for your family um, is uh, is something that you learn as, and develop as a skill set. And and as part of that, learning how to say no without actually using the word um, to people. So you know when people are wanting to demand your time and your diaries. Um, booked out three months in advance every hour you've got, um, mm. then someone starts to say, well, hey, look, this is really important and can I have a meeting with you at seven o'clock at night or can we do dinner or can we do breakfast uh, or can we have that time and you know your kids are going to be doing cross country or music or you've got something organised with your wife. I think that that power of being able to say, hey, actually, no, I've got other commitments that are, are more pro- a higher priority. But but that's you know that, that's probably the sacrifice of others. Um, and, and obviously for me, I didn't see my kids as much as what they... Um, probably could have expected when they were younger uh, and hence the reason we made some pretty significant changes a few years ago step out of that crazy uh, lifestyle of running uh, Harcourts which is a, a really significant uh, commitment Commitment, yeah. and um, I think you know probably the, 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 the challenges or the, the things that have been the greatest struggle are probably the things that have been events that have happened or where I've been put into leadership roles without the support or without probably the skills, right? So where my ambition has got the better of uh, me and of other people, and I've ended up in roles where, you know, you do start to have a considerable amount of self-doubt. Um, you start to wonder if this is the right thing for you. Really? And, you've had and you have to, you've had those thoughts? I think if any leader says they don't, 
and they haven't. Um, you know, everyone has those every day. I think you know when you mm-hmm. when you're leading people and you know that there's so many people and their families that are reliant on the decisions and the things that you do and the leadership that you show and the the culture that you create and and ultimately this the sustaining and growth of a business if that doesn't weigh on people then I think that then I'd like to meet them I haven't met leaders that haven't but Mm. I think the younger you are the more that self-doubt has a a very negative impact on your ability to perform and uh, and I think that's when decisions aren't as as good as what they could be um, and so does that mean when you're older it has a positive impact no I think it makes a, it has a less of a, a, a less of an a, impact a, an okay. impact and I think that's just based on experience I think you know you can make bad decisions and, and how you put them right and, and how you recover from those and understanding that particularly in business unless you're in the business of heart surgery you know I say to our team hey look you know we can we can afford to make a mistake and as long as we understand that you know no one's going to die um, and um, yeah. and we can we can always change our mind and we've got to find a way to reverse things very rapidly if we make a, a poor decision and accept them and own them. So, um, you know, but if you don't try and you don't change things, then, you know, that's how Kodak goes out of business after 125 years of printing film, you know. So if they if they don't change and we don't develop and we keep doing things exactly the same way as we've always done them, then we'll be out of business and we'll become less relevant and our experience that our clients get and our customers get starts to diminish and our competition who are emerging are going to come along and be very happy to try new things <laughs> yeah. uh, and we'll be stuck in, in the same way of doing things because that's the way we've always done them. So, How did you learn to be so bold and do those kind of things and ignore that self-doubt? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think, um, you know, the, the heritage in our family probably does a bit of that um, and, you know, we've been brought up in a very strong family of um uh, you know, around their beliefs and their, their and not only uh, their spiritual beliefs, but also their self belief. And um, mm. you know, I think that whole culture of fun and success comes from from the history that we have as a family. Um, and um, other than that, I, I think it's it's probably a bit of a mystery. I don't know. <laughs> not sure. Uh, probably just experience, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the the more that you experience success, then the more that other people around you expect you to have more. So you know, the the drive does probably ninety percent come internally um, to 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 drive success and and to keep on getting better at what you do. But there's mm. certainly an external factor of expectation around it as well. What do you think is the greatest lesson that your parents taught you? <laughs> uh, gosh, I don't know. They're both still alive and listening, probably. So. Um, uh, they both taught us different things. Uh, um, mm. I think um, you know, my mum is a, a very um, uh, persistent person, so she, she doesn't give up at things very easily. Neither does my dad, actually, when I think about it. Uh, so they're both very determined people, and uh, it doesn't matter what they're choosing to do. I think they, they're both very determined. I think, And that's um, rubbed off on you, obviously. Oh, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. you know, people would consider me a determined person. But I think the, mm. the thing that, um, you know, those that know me in business actually well know that I have a very strong uh, belief around the power of the strength of, of our communities. So I think my parents probably have had a massive impact on me on um, uh, my view of how we need to impact positively in our communities that we we live in, and the world can be changed by by individuals in their own communities. And uh, you don't need to go 
too far from your front door in order to start making significant positive differences for people. Um, and also that you know when people are having challenges around their performance in our business, it's generally not related to the to the nature of the business, right? It's actually mm-hmm. probably outside of that. And I think you know that human element and understanding people and the fact that people have challenge and you know that's temporary um, is um, something that my parents probably you know really enforced in us quite strongly from a young age. Challenge is temporary. Well, yeah, bad times are temporary. Absolutely. Everything's temporary. Yeah. You know? So if you don't work it, everything's temporary. Success is temporary. If you don't, you know, it can come and go. And some days you're winning, some days you're losing. But, you know, the, there's more prolonged things. And I think, you know, as a as a species, humans are actually have a very um, built-in a, a built-in safety mechanism that actually creates very short memories of the past. So um, so we forget that when things are tough, that they're gonna there are good times ahead and that it's only temporary. I think, you know, one of the, the massive traps of leadership is that when things are going well, you think they're always going to go well and you start to become boastful or arrogant. And mm. I think, you know, that's a, a trait we've got to be very, very careful of um, because everyone will have their day and, uh, you know, everything in my, my view is temporary and online. So looking back at your childhood, how would you describe schooling, particularly in high school? I, I don't talk about that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's probably not. And if I think if I as an old boy of the same school you went to, you're lucky that you're my my sister's son and you don't share the same <laughs> surname. Because uh, I think you know the, the reputation I had through school was uh, was one of mischief and and you know I was probably a challenging student. Um, I didn't find school a challenge, right? As far as academically, I wasn't a, a scholar and uh, you know a top scholar and and academic. I wasn't uh, an exceptionally good sports person I was uh, probably above average at all of them but um, none of them were, were were hard so I think I got bored quite quickly and that tended to lead me into um, probably being mischief and getting into trouble so so school was not yeah. something I look back on and I actually particularly enjoyed I don't, you know it's I enjoyed my mates and I enjoyed the camaraderie and that sort of thing of school but mm-hmm. you know sitting in a classroom and and learning stuff I, I actually something happened the other day and I actually thought that's actually Something that I learned at school, which you know was a first for me. You know, I sort what, of, what was it? I can't remember I now. It was oh, something, okay. might have been building a fence or something, and it had oh, something right, to do with right, angles. Right. Or yeah. you know, I thought, oh, that's actually something I learned at school, which, hmm. which uh, you know is, is good. <laughs> Obviously, that day I listened, but um, but no, school for me was, was wasn't something I, hmm. I disliked or liked, but it just wasn't a highlight of my life. You were a fantastic sports person, though, weren't you? Oh, well, depends on your point of view, I guess. I, I played a lot of sports at a reasonably high level. I played rugby and tennis, and I was a um, runner and, and all that sort of thing, and, and did them well. But, um, you know, never going to get to the Commonwealth Games or the Olympics <laughs> or anything like that. It was, uh, you mm. know, um, um, for those people that are, are listening, I'm not... Uh, I'm not a hulk of a man. My wife didn't marry me for my mass or my well, height. So. He is quite muscly, but he's got, he's got the guns a lot more than me. Um, is there anything from high school that you learnt that you, you, do you think that people, other people might be able to get out of it? Oh, I'd take a cushion to school. It's, it's uncomfortable <laughs> sitting outside the deputy principal's office on the hard line, but... Um, Oh, yeah, I think, you know, my uncle taught me a lesson. I mean, I got into trouble. I, um, I um, believe it or not, I, I, I'm not sure whether I'm horrified by it or proud of it, but it's, um, I, I borrowed my uncle's big launch um, when we were on pre-study leave uh, one year prior to school, sir. And, 
uh, and took some friends out on the harbour. How big was this boat? Well, just under fifty, just under fifty feet, and it was worth a lot of money. It's a very expensive boat, and uh, so this is sort of going to that mischief thing, and um, and that was quite a turning point for me, from a life lesson point of view. Is uh, you know we we borrowed slash stole his boat and uh, went out on the harbour and. came back in and, and we got caught um, not until after we'd put the boat away safely and all that sort of thing but my uncle taught me a, a very good lesson and that the, pen, the, the penalty I had or one of the, the things I got um, as a penalty for doing it was I had to go on the boat with him for the weekend which you might think is not that much of a, a penalty right like it's not much mm. of a, but you're facing up to the facing up to the the fact that you know you've got to face up and front up was mm. uh, something that terrified me. Having to go out and spend two days with my uncle that I just stolen his boat for. But before we got on the boat, he said, "Hayden, have you, have you got a couple million dollars in your bank?" And I said, "No, I haven't." And he said, "Well, here's the deal." He said, "You can take my boat any time you like when you've got that much money in the bank, and uh, yeah, be just send me a fax with that on the on the uh, bank statement." And I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. When I, when I get that, I'll do that. And uh, so uh, he said, hey, the last thing I'm going to say to you is he said, you know, with the energy, the effort and that you put into getting into trouble, you know, to this extent where you organised a day out on a boat, you know, most corporates couldn't organise that with a whole bunch of friends um, cruising around the Haraki Gulf. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible talent that you have when you put your mind to things. But if you keep on putting your mind to the wrong things, then you're going to end up with quite a different life than if you start putting your mind and your talents to the right things. And uh, so um, he said, with that, let's go and have a weekend away on the boat and you can show me how to drive it. So, um, and I, that really resonated with me. Um, and and I, I think, you know, from, from that day on, I sort of used to spend a lot more time in the moments when it mattered, actually doing the things that mattered in those moments. So when I was, from then on, I sort of went to school. I did well in my exams and, um, and that probably wasn't as a result of that conversation. But, you know, following on from that, when I did something, I made sure that I did it well, and I was focused on it, and I thought, well, if you're going to spend the time doing it, you may as well do it as, do it as well as you can, and you may as well work towards something that's going to be a good outcome than something that's going to be adrenaline or, you know, um, getting one over. Hurting others. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, so it was a it was a significant turning point for for me, and I don't know if he knows that or not, but um, it mm. was uh, it was certainly significant. Next time on the Mountain Climbers podcast. Really? Well, how did, it how did tells you, you that. So has I, it really? Oh. Yeah, I've watched oh, no. you watch me every night. <laughs> Our final 10 minutes with internationally recognised real estate mogul and business consultant Hayden Duncan. What do you procrastinate about? Is it rare, I did you say? So. In those moments. When are you most vulnerable? You're either going to stuff it up or you're going to do exceptionally well. Learn how it all started for Hayden and later... Do you have the quality that Hayden most respects but hardly sees? Find out next week on the Mountain Climbers Podcast. The Mountain Climbers Podcast is awesome, largely due to Tim Pavis, a Kiwi photographer and videographer. We love Tim Pavis so much we have used Tim Pavis for our launch video. To discover more about Tim Pavis, visit www.timpavis.com or follow Tim Pavis on Instagram, www.instagram.com slash Tim Pavis. Trust me when I say Tim Pavis has got some awesome stuff. That's www.timpavis.com 
or search for Tim Pavis on Instagram. I'm Duncan Tolmy, and if you'd like to find out more about the Mountain Climbers podcast or just get in contact, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to www.themountainclimberspodcast.co.nz. 